The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt has, uh, again, completed his uh, journey out east and uh, joining us from the uh, from a literal closet is where Matt Harmon is right now. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Well, the, the good news is uh, sold the bunk beds here in this uh, spare room. My mom sold them on Facebook Marketplace uh, yesterday. Oh, good. Um, you know, not not sure who who had to do the entire teardown of the bunk bed, but uh, it, it might have been might have been somebody on this very podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, th- yeah. Things are things are great. Uh, still pumping out stuff on the website while also preparing For to sure. uh, actually move into the new house here at some point at some point soon and get out of this uh, get out of this closet. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> The condo cast is going strong right now uh, with Matt Harmon, for sure. Hey, we got a great show in front of us here today. Um, Some really, really interesting players to talk about. Um, And I think the first guy that we can talk about, Kadarius Tony, pretty controversial, to be honest with you, just in terms of like where people have them. You know, it's like there's Mm -hmm. Tony bros out there. People saying, oh, this guy can't play. Hey, we'll, we'll dig into all the numbers. Uh, for Kadarius Tony, but we're going to talk CD Lamb as well, T Higgins, and, and the man that I said Matt has a strange affinity for, Nico Collins. Uh, going to be weird digging affinity. into the numbers. You said we, you said weird, <laughs> a weird to be affinity. Exact. Like, okay, can I? To be fair though, I also have a strange affi- affinity for for Nico Collins. I like the guy. I really like Nico Collins too. So I'm a hundred percent on board. So I'm really excited uh, to dig into the numbers there uh, with Nico Collins as well. 
listen, the guy fits all. The, I mean, come on. I love old school throwback oh, yeah. X receivers, man. He, he checks all the boxes. Anyways, we'll, we'll get into that. But can we start with Kadarius Tony there in Kansas City, Matt? Can you think of another player that literally had 20 targets last year? He has 77 targets and 55 receptions in his entire career. And there are still so many takes and like, you know, strong opinions on Kadarius Toney. Um, he's an interesting player, certainly because he's so good with the ball in his hands after the fact. But Matt, the bottom line is it just has not translated onto the football field. But yet people still feel so strongly either way regarding Kadarius Toney. Uh, what are the numbers fine for you? Yeah, I was actually shocked. Uh when deciding, you know, because we're in kind of the still a little bit ongoing year three to four wide receiver drop. We talked about some of them on last week's show, uh, you know, and, right. and Kadarius Tony obviously fits in that group. He was a first round pick by the Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge brain trust of the New York Giants in 2021. <laughs> Not good. It, 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 number one, it, it, do, it feels weird that he's was uh, he's only coming into his third NFL season just because he's Dude, played for I know. two teams. All, yeah, right. Like if, for whatever reason, it feels like Kadarius Tony's been in the league for a lot longer, but he's only been in the league two years, probably because he's played for, you know, multiple teams now at this point. He, he's played for really three head coaches. Um, yep. he's, he's He's gone the full spectrum of like Jason Garrett offense to Andy Reid <laughs> offense, you know, like there's just been a lot. Right. And obviously he's been injured a ton. There's been off field stuff with Kadarius Tony. So it does feel like he's been in the league for a long time. There, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, number one, like I said, I was shocked when I went back and, you know, he only played, he just didn't play very often. He only had 171 no. yards last year. And there's actually, you know, he, he has, a, I noted this in his reception perception profile. I got a full eight games on Kadarius Tony, but those full, <laughs> which is, that's the reception perception sample. So, uh, you know, in the sortable table, he doesn't have like an asterisk next to his name where some of these guys like Calvin Ridley, from a couple years mm -hmm. ago, five game sample, you know, Michael Thomas, right. three game sample. This is an eight game sample for Kadarius Tony, but that eight game sample contains only 127 snaps and 76 wow. routes. So, like, please keep that in mind with everything I'm about to say and, and certainly okay. everything you read in the profile. This guy just didn't play a lot last year. And look, right now, like the Chiefs are contributing a little bit to this hype. I think some of the quotes that have gotten, you know, have come out there from Brett Veach. Like people have sort of stretched and extrapolated those to like, do the chiefs view Kadarius Tony as their next number one wide receiver. Um, I can't stress enough that if that is what, if that's what people view for Kadarius Tony, that he's about to be a number one wide receiver, he's not going to have to take a leap as a player. He's going to have to take like three or four <laughs> leaps as a player. And this yeah. is, this he's gonna is going to have to do the, 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 He's going to have to do the evil Knievel jump over the Grand Canyon type of leap. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when like, uh, they, they, like these stunt guys, they jump over like 15 school buses, you know, That's on the right. motorcycle. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's going to have to do one of those <laughs> okay. as a player, which is certainly not impossible, but I just want to outline. That's what we're talking about here with him. And I'm not even talking about, you know, a guy like, I always come back to Devonte Adams, right? A player who w went from like the bottom of the reception perception database all the way to the top. Um, right. At least during the the course of the course of Adams being used that way, or like a DJ Moore type who you know expanded his game as as a separator, as a route runner, is a good example of that. 
I mean, we're just talking about a guy who's like not even really played real wide receiver in the NFL and certainly not last right. year with the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is where I push back on like, look at Kadarius Tony's targets per route run. This is like a like as if it and stacking that up with other wide receivers. Like we're talking about a guy like we, we throw around Mickey Mouse routes or shout out to Hayden Winks, uh, you know, from yeah. Underdog Fantasy. Who I, I crib that from all the time. Canaris Tony's like the king of the Mickey Mouse route. Um, you look at his route percentage chart. Well, number one, let's start off with just how he was used with the Chiefs last year. He was off the line for 69% of his snaps, uh, sampled snaps. He was in the slot for 27.6%. He was in the backfield for a whopping 17.6%. Uh, wow. that, that's just like, that is very gadgety stuff. Forty, Almost a third of his routes were flats or screens. You know, if you include slants, 15.8%. It's just like all stuff short of the line of scrimmage. You know, again, we're talking about 76 total routes here. So keep that in mind. But like most of what this guy is doing is it's screen plays or it's like, and if you want to throw the other route in there, that's like the, the, the one that I can't group any of these in the traditional route tree. Usually it's like a little short whip route that he runs. Um, That's pretty much it in terms of what Kadarius Tony was doing with the chiefs last year. So like, that's neat that he was targeted a lot per route run. Number one, not on the field a ton. Number two, a lot of these targets are manufactured touches, schemed open yeah. stuff. And he's incredible. He's incredible on that stuff. Like you said, he is a human highlight reel in the open field, but it's just not a lot of like real wide receiver stuff at this point with Kadarius Tony. That's where I'm talking about that leap needs to come in. You know, you, t- you, you kind of button up what you were saying there in regards to his usage. 59.2% of his routes were either the flat, the flat, slant, screen, or what Matt calls the other, right? So again, we're not talking about traditional wide receiver routes. I mean, Matt, his usage, I bet you if you were to stack this up with like Austin Eckler, it would look yeah. something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I yeah. mean... of his routes were screen routes, Uh, 14.5% on the flat. I mean, what are we really talking about here? Those are running back routes, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. Like, that's crazy. And I get the immediate pushback is like, well, this is a a very small sample size. I, I totally understand that. However, some of the issues that we're talking about here in terms of projecting Tony beyond this role, because like I said, he's good. Like if this is the role the Chiefs want for him or, or anybody wants to project him in, I mean, you've got right. my stamp of approval 100%. I, I, I think he's great in this role. Like let's talk about the after catch stuff. You know, Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony was in space on almost 20% of his routes uh, in 2022 in this, in this sample here. That's the highest player, that's the highest for any player I've sampled over the last two seasons combined. And he went down on first contact on just 33.3% of those plays. I mean, that's incredible. You know, he checked in at 34.6% uh, first contact, you know, getting brought down on first contact rate as a rookie. That, that's like he truly has rare, rare, rare ability in the open field. I mean, right. sometimes I think the way he moves is what gets him hurt a ton, like, you know, bangs up his hamstrings but regardless the way he's able to be so flexible and make players miss in the open field i mean it truly is special stuff so like if you want him in this role that's an awesome role for him he's i put this on twitter today he is very clearly a good and useful player in this role it's the projecting him beyond this stuff is where is where i get stuck and you know again like i said the immediate pushback is this is too small of a sample well okay 
I understand that. Like it's a small sample for me to be, um, you know, banging on him for 58.3% a success rate versus man, 60% success rate versus zone, uh, excuse me, 60% mm-hmm. success rate ver- versus press, you know, even 73.1% success rate versus zone is not very high either. No, no, but this is stuff we've seen dating back to his rookie season. Really, it's it's the stuff I was concerned about him, like his prospect profiles that, like I said, in his prospect profile on the, on the website, you can find this, that he, he, his next NFL team was going to be starting square one in terms of his route running. Like that's where we, like they're going to have to build him into mm-hmm. being a professional route runner because he just didn't show that ability. He showed like. I think people get. I talked about this with like uh, with Nate Tice from the Athletic recently when we were talking about Jerry Judy, who we, t- we spoke about on the previous episode. Like, I think people confuse frenetic movements and like chaotic twitches as like good route running. And Kadarius Tony has right. that stuff, but it's like if you're doing all that and you know it's taking you five seconds to get open, or you're not going to work, still not really running the route. It's just it's not that's not good route running, and that was Tony's problem as a collegiate player. And again, the thing that I want to focus on here is that as a rookie, fifth percentile success rate versus man, eleventh percentile mm. success rate versus zone. So these are issues that we have seen with Tony, not just in his little gadgety role with the Chiefs. It, this is like this is a consistent part of his game that I don't think we have seen any evidence in the first two years of his career to project this guy to be a starting quality outside wide receiver. Maybe he's a gadget guy. Maybe he's even like a a slot player, but like projecting beyond that, that is, is a pure massive projection at this point. I mean, listen, if this guy is the number one wide receiver in the chiefs offense, I think the chiefs offense has a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. They need somebody to be able to run the Andy Reid system. Patrick Mahomes is going to, first of all, he's going to lift a lot of teammates. He's going to carry the offense, put it on his back for sure. But we know this for a fact. Andy Reid has a great system and they've got a great system in place. It takes a little bit of time to learn. We said that uh, a couple weeks ago uh, in regards to um, uh, their other wide receiver in, in Sky Moore. Right. We know that rookies tend not to do well, uh, and first-year players tend not to do well uh, in the Andy Reid system. Now, that being said, this goes back to um, what I had said about Juju Smith-Schuster coming into this offense, too. It's like, we don't give Juju enough credit for his ability to be an intelligent player. And I think that's what he was, and I think that's what he has been in his career. The fact that he's been so good against zone coverage speaks to like recognizing coverage and that speaks to football intelligence. Um, And he's been that throughout his entire career. And I tell you what, for him to come into Kansas city, the way that he did and learn that offense as quickly as he did, I think again, speaks to some football intelligence. I think sky Moore, um, from what I've seen, at least on tape, I think he's developing into a similar type of role where he could play a little bit inside, a little bit outside. That's certainly at least where Kansas city is moving him around and would like him to play. Now, Kadarius Tony, for him to be a quote unquote number one receiver, dude, to your point, man, this guy's got to start running some real NFL routes if you're going to play in an Andy Reid offense, right? This is where the offensive skill, like the schematic fit and the player talent fit, have to somehow merge together. Um, and I'm just not sure uh, it is there. You bring up the man and zone scores 58.3% success rate versus man, 16th percentile. success rate versus zone 17th percentile, Matt, if this guy's going to go and and do special things anywhere to me, it's not going to be against man. I think it's got to be against zone. 
um, and that recognition of zone coverage, I just don't think is there. And we're already talking about three years into his NFL career. Yeah, I don't think it is either. He did have an 80% success rate versus zone uh, as a rookie, which is you know, a reason I was like, okay, if he's going to be uh, before the summer went like completely chaotic and it was clear that, oh, this giant staff, by the way, it's a massive red flag that a team that was starving for wide receiver talent last year and has a coach mm-hmm. that we all agree is really, really good in, in Brian Dayball. Just right. really never even seemed interested in entertaining the idea of Kadarius Tony. Yeah. That's troubling. Um, and I think it's because a lot of the it's because these gadget guys, you know, this is again comes back to that targets per route run thing. Well, why don't these guys get on the field? Why don't they get this guy out the ball more? Why don't they get this uh you know player on the field more? It's kind of disruptive to the flow of your regular offense to 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 do that. And they basically just like the role that Wandale Robinson, who I believe we talked about on the show a few episodes ago, like he Mm -hmm. was in that role. And I mean, Robinson is a fine player, but like from an athletic movement standpoint, he's not, he's not nearly as athletic and, you know, freaky in the open field as, as Tony is. So it's a little red flagish that, uh, that, that the giants were so ready to just be out on Tony, you know, obviously he's got, he's, you know, personality stuff, off field stuff. There's that as well. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the 80% success rate for his zone for, as a rookie, I agree with you. Like, he's going to thrive one way. It's going to be that way. Although a lot of that, again, was still sort of um, gadgety, gimmick, gimmicky touches type stuff. But um, where he's going to have, like, just talk about a couple, like, player comparisons that get thrown that I, I don't make for for Kadarius Tony, but um, uh, that, that, that he does get these sometimes. Like, you know, well, we've seen the Chiefs do this with Tyree Kill before. Okay. Let me let me let me just tell you that as a rookie, Tyree Kill in reception perception posted seventy two point four percent success rate versus man and eighty percent success rate versus press as a rookie. I think like mm. uh, you know, <laughs> like there were signs on Tyree. This is one of I actually think one of not one that people remember a lot, but one of the things I'm most proud about with reception perception was uh, you know, after Tyree Kill's rookie year there were some fantasy analysts like, oh, this is another Tavon Austin. This is another career Patterson. And it's like, no, you see in small, in small glimpses, not 76 routes small, but small glimpses. (laughs) Tyree kill showed you he Uh could run big boy, real NFL routes against press coverage. You don't see that with Tony at any point through these first two years. That's not even close. And even like a guy like Debo, you know, I think that we get caught up on the uh, gadgety, part of the Debo Samuel archetype, you know, the, the gadget mm-hmm. touches. He's not a very good press man route runner is Debo Samuel, but we're talking about a guy who in his first three seasons in the NFL, 85.6 success rate versus zone, 82.2% success rate versus zone, 86% success rate versus zone. Like this is one of the best in breaking slant dig crossing route runners in the NFL that I mean, that's I think the archetype of player that if D, if T- Kadarius Tony is going to reach a uh, ceiling where he's like a you know a, a starting level high quality receiver, it has to be on that Debo archetype. But even yeah. that is a big projection, like to being an 86 percent success rate versus zone player, one of the best zone beaters in the NFL. You know the right. dig routes that Debo Samuel runs, the slant routes that Debo Samuel runs. We still haven't seen that with Kadarius Tony. So I, I don't know, man, it's, it's a big, big projection. Um, I love looking at the historical database and kind of doing these like, you know, off the cuff player comps. Okay. But can I throw one out there? Um, when I look at some of the success rate versus man versus zone, uh, versus press coverage type of scores. And again, 
we're talking about a guy that, in my opinion, absolutely needs to find his best route to success would be against zone coverage. That's just that's just where I'm at right now with Kadarius Tony. Agree. Um, and so, and again, he has reached these marks before. You mentioned it in 2021, got to 80% success rate versus zone. That would be, guys, that's the cutoff for me, right? Like you look at <laughs> yeah. you, you if you look at success rate versus zone coverage uh, through the historical database, uh, receptionperception.com, what Matt has put together, that 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 80% ish. Uh, you kind of want to be around 79, 80% success rate versus zone to be a productive, good player. Okay. So with that preface out of the way, you take a look at 20, like, uh, you know, 2016, 2018 golden Tate, Mm -hmm. Uh, similar success rate versus man, uh, 56.9% in 2016, 53% success rate versus man in 2018. So in that mid fifties range uh, for man, but again, 79.5% 79.5% success rate versus zone. Now, Golden Tate, I think his calling card was, man, he was just tough as nails, man. That dude was just an absolute, you know, uh, competitor uh, going after the football. I don't necessarily think we've seen that uh, from Kadarius Tony. Now, that being said, Kadarius, as we've highlighted many, many times, dude is a freak athlete with the ball in his hands. Um, but if he could kind of sort of carve out a little bit of a golden Tate role, I, I think that would be his best path to being a, again, uh, a, a, a borderline number one wide receiver, or at least yeah. a very high quality number two, like a guy that you can throw the ball a hundred times at, you know, over the course of a season, <laughs> by the way, if he stays healthy for a full season, that right. would Bro, we're talking about that's a, that's win. a big that's a dub. <laughs> that's a big win for Canarius Tony. But yeah, in, in right. 2021, the, the sample we're talking about from Tony, uh, where he's at 80% success rate for zone, yeah, maybe the Golden Tate type role, 47.6% of his routes that season were screen, slant, flat, or other. Like that close to the line of scrimmage stuff. That's th- that's what it's got to be, okay? Like he can't be running a lot of these downfield routes. He did weirdly pop up, you know, and again, it's a small sample, but like 6.6% of his routes were corner routes and he had an 80% success rate on those with the Chiefs. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I, guess, I guess I'll just say that for the record, but uh, we're still talking about a small sample of routes there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that Golden Tate type of role. Yeah, get the ball in his hands, have him run out of the slot. I just, again, nothing that we've seen out of this guy so far would indicate that He's a starting outside receiver, and and I guess that kind of brings me no brings me all the way back around with the, the Chiefs receiver question. What do we think this like? Let's just say the Chiefs go out in eleven personnel. Mm-hmm. What does that look like to you? <laughs> Where do you think who's lining up at what spot between? Uh, we know oh. Travis Kelsey's at Travis Kelsey's at tight end. Travis Kelsey also might run out as an outside receiver in these situations as well. Um, <laughs> but let's just say, for example, the Chiefs are running out in three receiver set. Kelsey's yeah. at your traditional inline tight end spot. Who's at X? Who's at flanker? And who's at slot? Well, you know, I mean, hey, listen, if it's Kansas, you you, you got to get Justin Watson out there, guys. I mean, you got you got to find a way for Justin Watson to play outside. Uh, no, in all honesty, look, they they drafted Rasheed Rice. Um, they actually randomly brought in um, Kadarius Tony's former teammate in Richie James um, as yeah. well, um, which is, in my opinion, not a great sign for Kadarius Tony as well. But and and again, they've got slot, they still guy, have slot more, guy too. Another slot guy, I, Richie James. I, I, exactly right. Um, and plus, they've got MVS. 
um, out there right now, right? So, um, although I don't, I, I have to look at his contract, but is, is this guy a, a potential, you know, post June one cut uh, just for salary cap purposes? He might be. I'm the not only sure. the, the the problem with cutting MVS, and I I don't think it's going to happen, but the. Pro- he's probably their best outside receiver at this point. I know. Like, even if he's, know. Not, even if he's not a separator, he's a guy that you can line up at X and run a vertical route tree yep. and, you yep, know, yep. stretch out the, like stretch out the defense a little bit. And yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm like, Sky Moore is probably a slot flanker guy. Another player compared to golden Tate. Canarius Tony's probably a gadget slot guy. You know, Richie James is, they sign as a slot guy, you know, Justin Watson and MVS are like their best outside receivers. And oh, it's yeah. not a lot of separation when we're coming to those two players. No. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Even M- Rasheed maybe... Rice. Sorry. La- last thing, even Rasheed Rice, who I think could be, I thought would be like, Oh, they view him as the MVS replacement when they want to move out of that contract eventually, you know, because he was a vertical player uh, for SMU. Um, and he, it, you know, he does show some signs of being a vertical separator and a contested catch player, even if his RP profile is really poor. Brett Veach also talked about him as like a, maybe he could do some of the stuff Juju did is like a tough after the catch slot guy. I'm like, geez, yeah. God almighty. Like who's lining up outside for this team? <laughs> no one is the answer. Unfortunately, if they could somehow finagle away uh, to get Deandre Hopkins. Oh my goodness. Talk about elevating that uh, receiver core to the next level, man. Then, then all of a sudden, right, Matt, like these guys can slide into to more natural positions if they were able to find a way to br- and dude, come on, man. We talk about it on the show all the time. Like you got to get these guys in their natural position. All of a sudden, the mm-hmm. offense really starts taking off, right? Like you get, oh man, you get New Hopkins on the outside, and all of a sudden you've got Sky Moore lining up inside. Uh, Travis Kelsey wrecking havoc along the seam routes and everything. Like Rasheed Rice, you give him a, a year to develop um, as an inside-outside type of player. Richie James, Kadarius Tony mixing in too. It's like. Boy, oh boy, and now we're cooking with gas here. It just, can they find the money to do it? You know, can they get that one year, you know, $10 million, $12 million contract that New Hopkins is reportedly looking for right now? I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, but you know, if anyone's going to figure it out, man, (laughs) it's going to be Brett Beach and the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They're, they're, They're like wizards when it comes to finding money in the salary cap, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I agree. That would be a great signing. You know, it just, I think it comes back to Hopkins too. Like, yeah. Do you want to get one last payday with the Tennessee Titans or do you want to, which, Hey, listen, you want to get your money. You want to get your money, but do you want to, yeah. Do you want to go get that last, last bag as, and, you know, cash in on the name and career that has been Deandre Hopkins. Or do you want to, you know, chase a, chase a ring for one year, whatever with, uh, with like the bills or, or the chiefs. I really, as much as, as much as I think the bills need to figure things out beyond Stefan Diggs in the passing game, I think the chiefs really, really need Hopkins. Most, it just makes such a natural, um, just makes such a natural fit there. So yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just really curious to see how this receiver room, shakes out in Kansas city. I mean, good God, uh, talking about Buffalo, you talk about them trying to figure out, you know, their situation beyond Stefan Diggs. right now. They need to they figure got out a situation with, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like Josh Allen, out, man. I, I like Josh Allen saying today, like, yeah, what we do literally doesn't work without Stefan Diggs. It's like, yep. That, <laughs> correct. Josh. That's his boy. That's his boy. I love it. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players managers gms and yes even the commissioner of baseball rob manfred it has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. I do wonder if Dak Prescott would say the same thing about C.D. Lamb, and I think he might. Okay, C.D. Lamb. Uh, is a player that uh, that you've been incredibly high on throughout his entire career. Uh, I, I, I've always appreciated your takes on C.D. Lamb, even though early on in his career I didn't fully agree. But, man, last year he really stepped up, uh, took a step forward, 156 targets, 107 receptions, his first 100-plus uh, reception year season under his belt in his young career. 13.59 through the air, nine touchdowns. For C.D. Lamb, 68.8% catch rate, also a career high. This is a guy, Matt, that I don't think he beats you with freaky athleticism. If you look at the route chart for C.D. Lamb, any route that requires snap at the stem or the top of the route, that's where C.D. Lamb is good. He's so snappy, man. Um, And that's where he creates that separation. Yeah. Breaking back to the the football, right? Comeback routes, curl routes, stuff like that. He's so good there. Um, 
Oh, God, man, I, I'm such a fan of CeeDee Lamb. Like you mentioned, I've always been really impressed with him. The thing I've been most impressed mm-hmm. with, and I think this is kind of the crux of um, you and I's, I wouldn't say disagreement, but back and forth on CeeDee Lamb throughout the course of his career is like, where should he play? And Correct. The, Cowboy, the, the Cowboys have really, and I've had actually had a chance a couple times over the last year to talk to CeeDee Lamb about this. Like, I think the thing that he's is most under, like, under the radar about his game is that the Cowboys basically ask him to, play every position and like learn every position. And, you know, that's really hard. And like, not just uh, learn every position, like be a majority X receiver or a majority flanker receiver on a moment's notice. It's like, Oh, Michael Gallup's going to miss time. You have to play, you know, whatever, like (laughs) Mari Cooper's going to miss time. You have to go play in this role. No, no Brown or something. You know, you got to go play in this role. So, um, which I think sometimes I wish they would just like settle him into one spot and kind of let him go to work. Uh, yeah. But, you know, listen, I think it's a credit to his game. In 2022, Lamb spent 41.9% of his sampled snaps on the outside, um, 51.1% in the slot. Uh, he was alternating between X and flanker when he was outside, but, you know, he did spend a ton of time in the slot, and he was really good in that role. I mean, he's just been a fantastic separator uh, through the course of his career. You know, eight, over 80% success rate for zone the last two years. Like you said, especially if you're going to be a slot, you want to see that. But this is also a guy who's been at 76.8% success rate versus man, 756 each of the last two seasons, 76.9% against press in 2021, and 78% last year. I mean, like, this dude can just do it all and and can win at all three levels. But, yeah, you're right. That stuff in the intermediate range, digs, curls, comebacks, outs, uh, curls uh, is like that's the that's some of his best stuff and and really he yeah. did have a fantastic year last year yeah he was awesome man and uh and again i'm, I'm not knocking the guy's athleticism obviously a, a great athlete but he just doesn't overwhelm you like jamar chase for example like he doesn't yeah. overwhelm you with that athleticism especially over the top if there was you know an area where oh, okay maybe he's not the best uh, it's the nine route the post route didn't chart out that well um, on the, in those two areas. So he doesn't necessarily, like I said, overwhelm you over the top, but golly in the NFL, the intermediate routes, that's where you make your money. That is where NFL offenses thrive. If you want to score some points, you got to be good in the intermediate area of the field. And that's where CD lamb is an absolute stud. You know, um, it's interesting to bring up the thing about the post route, his corner route success rates really high. And he did run corner routes relative, like higher relative to the NFL average, but yeah, 14.6% of his sampled routes were post routes. And he did, that was the only route where he was below, um, the NFL average success rate. And that mm-hmm. was actually true in 2021 as well. And I noted this in the profile. It's interesting because, you know, he has that low success rate. I'd actually be curious, I like in terms of success rate for reception, perception, how often he gets open. And yeah, there are plenty of times where, uh, and it's a podcast, so I'm going you know, to do stuff with my hands that nobody can see. But, you know, there are so many times where <laughs> as the slot receiver, you know, he runs yeah. that deep post route and then the middle linebacker, you know, carries him up the field in like a, you know, a for sure. Tampa two type of situation. Yeah. CD lamb is not open on those plays. But that middle of the field, the flats of whichever side he's running from, I mean, those plays are wide open. And, like, why do you think Dallas always has, like, a tight end who's weirdly productive? I was just right? about to uh, say, like yeah, a, Dalton Schultz yeah, just that, eating right there. <laughs> that's the that's the Dalton Schultz yeah. hitch route, you know. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's, it's Tony, pa- Tony Pollard. Like, this is when the plays got a little more juice. You want to use Tony Pollard as a receiver. 
He's got a lot of space because that's so while Lamb doesn't get open, those plays actually maybe not even might not even be a big fault of his own or a negative on CeeDee Lamb because, you know, it, it, it's a good play for the Cowboys offense. I'm actually I'm, I'd be curious uh, if that's something that, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just noticing a coincidence or maybe there's a, a pattern there. It's a concerted effort. Like, let's take our best receiver, put him in the slot. Yeah, take that linebacker and a safety all the way down the field. By the way, CD Lamb was doubled on thirteen point eight percent of his routes last year. That's a really wow. high note. Um, wow. It, it, listen, teams knew where what the deal was in, in Dallas's <laughs> offense last year. We're talking so, about the, um, yeah. Uh, there, there was no respect for Simi Fajoko or, or some of these other guys. It's a lot of a lot of interesting <laughs> fellas they, they rolled out last year. But yeah, so like CD yeah. Lamb might not be open, but yeah, we're taking the linebacker, we're taking the safety, clearing him out, maybe even the nickel corner. And yeah, Dalton Schultz is going to catch uh, eighty hitch routes doing that. Now it's maybe going to be Jake Ferguson or Schoonmaker right. or yeah, P- Pollard maybe more explosive. And yeah, now like now Dallas has uh, you know if Michael Gallup can get back on track, he's like a true X receiver. Brandon Cooks is obviously Brandon there Cooks, as a speed too. threat. So. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of potential with Dallas's three receiver set, but yeah, individually, CD Lamb. I think, like you talk about the elite guys in the NFL. I think the very next group, the first name out of your mouth has to be CD Lamb as like the number one, like number one ranked superstar receiver. And then there's the elite guys I think ahead of him. But he's he's a great player, clear like top eight receiver in the NFL to me. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, C.D. Lamb, uh, I just looked this up. About 50%, um, you talk about his you know, wide and slot split, splits. And about 50% of his production last year came on the outside. About 50% of his production came while lined up inside. It, it's such an interesting number because that's generally not how it works in the NFL. It's something that you've harped on many times that, hey, listen, playing inside, it's almost like a different position. Is, is C.D. Lamb in your mind, the most versatile receiver in the NFL? Because he just does so much. I think so. Like I said, what he does in terms of being like an A-level player at X slot and flanker is pretty unheard of. I mean, even what Cooper Cup does as a slot receiver, like Cooper Cup is not out there running as an X receiver. And I think CeeDee Lamb could run out as a starting X receiver tomorrow and, and be that guy. You know, I mean, he is... It's really rare that in terms of the versatility, uh, what he does and, and the separation that he can get on a full slot route tree, on a full X route tree, on a full full flanker route tree. I mean, that's what really makes him such a unique player. I agree. Like he he would certainly be among that conversation in terms of you know the most versatile star receivers in the NFL right now, and it's it's what makes him such a dangerous player. And I, I think even more like. I'd love to see Dallas get in the ball in space even more. Cause he has like great after the catch skills, you know, not a Kadarius Tony type of overwhelming athlete, as we've mentioned, but um, you know, a physical player, a, a real dog in the open field for sure. Is mm-hmm. And I think that's actually something I, I would like to mention too, about what made his season. Um, what I think graduated him from very good number one receiver to superstar receiver. Cause like, I said this last year, the part of the reason, even if it wasn't the best move for the Cowboys to move on from Amari Cooper, there was personality stuff and, and, you know, (laughs) off field concerns with Cooper. But part of the reason they did that and felt comfortable doing it, like moving on from a proven high end starter Amari Cooper was they were, they were betting that CD lamb was going to take this jump, not just like be a number one receiver. I I mean, his RP profile last year would tell you he's a number one receiver, but like jumping to superstar status, that they were comfortable with that. And I think the way that he did it most was his physical play. 
Um, which by the way, like if you're going to play in the slot, like you have to be physical because you have to get, oh, yeah. you have to be uh, willing to block. You have to be willing to deal with like the trash of zone coverage. You got to take hits over the field. And my guy CD gets blasted. I mean, blasted with some big <laughs> hits too. And I think yeah. his after catch physicality was always present, but career best, 80% contested catch rate, career best, 78.4% success rate versus press 85th percentile. That's really the area to me where I think CD took um, a step from, like I said, good number one receiver, which he already was heading into this year to now like superstar status player. I I think that number, can you harp on that just a little bit more? His success rate versus press coverage, 78.4% success rate versus press coverage, um, which is by the way, guys, that is very good. That is very, very good. Um, 85th percentile uh, score for CD lamb against press coverage. Matt, for a guy who is, I think, more known in the NFL as a like a skinny finesse receiver, I was really impressed by that score in 2022. Yeah, I think that goes to show you his um, agility, foot quickness off the line, but also like, again, I know I say this every episode, like about some some guy, but like he he's got to be in the conversation for one of the best route runners in the NFL, CD Lamb, not just because he has a mastery of the slot flanker X route tree, like I just mentioned, but He's so good off the line. He is such a mm-hmm. good press coverage receiver. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about his press coverage score is up there with Devonte Smith, another skinny receiver. Shout out to the skinny bros. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he, he's close to Jamar Chase, who's at 80%. That sort of um, his ability to, I think, use his frame, his kind of slighter frame as a, as a weapon CD lamb ability to get off the line there. I think it's a, it's a big testament to him, but yeah, he's just a really good technical receiver who, really takes it takes pride in the route running part of it and it's so funny just talking about the slot stuff too it feels like all of these dudes these days like want to play in the slot like you know maybe it was like a pejorative thing but i'm telling you like every young receiver i talk to uh wants to play in the slot cd wants to play he said i I love slot love it because i can read coverages and be on the same page as my quarterback you know garrett wilson has told me he wants to play in the slot the most because he loves to just rip the two deep safeties on, on, uh, you know, post routes and stuff like that. That's what all these guys want to do. I think that's, that is kind of funny just about this newer age of receivers. By the way, I just love the fact that again, they, they, they've got CD lamb. Okay. Uh, but they still bring in Brandon cooks. Um, and, and this is a wide receiver room in Dallas that I think is very, very strong. You know, um, yeah. you talk about good Michael Gallup again, a, an extra year removed from from his knee injury. Um, there's been some positive reports about Jalen Tolbert taking a step forward. Um, I know the yes, RP profile nice. on him coming out of college was also pretty good. Um, so I, I'm excited. I, I think Dallas is a lot to be excited about uh, in the passing game. Yeah, Dallas's uh, three receiver set should be good. If Michael and I like, I really like Michael Gallup a lot. It was a, mm-hmm. his 2019 2020 reception perception seasons were very good. I mean, this is a guy who's had an 1100 yard season before. He's not a bad player. Yeah. He's just run into like exactly. some bad injury uh, injury breaks and especially last year. It was just it was guy tore his ACL in like January. He didn't have surgery until February, you know? Like he was never going to be he even la- remember he like laughed off playing in week 1 when they asked right. him and, and I mean he still yeah, yeah, got yeah. back in like week 3 or something. Uh I, I it it was always going to be tough. You know, that's another thing I've talked to CD about is that just that what Gallup was going through last year, like we don't even from the outside really even fully understand how how tough of a year that was for him. So right. I love him as an X receiver. I think Cooks is a perfect speed flanker. It's a very, very complimentary room they have yep. in Dallas. But, you know, I, I know you love your X receivers. Um, 
you know, uh, and, and, you know, you bring up Cooper cup. Like he's even said that we don't win the super bowl without Odo Beckham emerging as their backside X receiver, uh, Correct. In, in that, in yep. that run with the Rams. Let's talk about, uh, some, some James co X receivers here for, for the rest <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Let's talk about T. Higgins. We'll start there, okay? Uh, I think, listen, it's a little overblown when people were like early on in Jamar Chase's career that people were saying, oh, T. Higgins is just a straight-up better player than Jamar. I'm like, all right, come on, relax, okay? Like, you know, football is football and fantasy is fantasy, okay? Like, let's not let's not get yeah. this twisted a little bit, okay? But the dude is great, man. He's a great really player. I mean, just a straight, he could be a number one on any other team, not with Jamar Chase, okay? Um, I really like T. Higgins, but 109 targets last year, 74 receptions, cracked 1,000 yards again, seven touchdowns as well, and nearly 68% catch rate. I thought the dude was was super efficient as well. But, Matt, this guy's an old-school X receiver, man, big-body guy, mm-hmm. maybe not the fastest student in the whole world, but he's tough at the catch point. Um, and, and, man, you take a look at his RP numbers – Great at the nine, great on the corner, um, and I just thought this is a, a, a guy that uh, for for the offense they're running in Cincinnati, uh, just perfect for what they do. You know, I've talked about this with the Jamar Chase episode. They run a lot of plays like, you know, nine eighty nine, where uh, like we got two receivers on the outside running a go route, like the the slot receivers running a post, which is basically just like we can our receivers can kick your corner's ass type of play. Yeah. Like basically. Right. And 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 obviously Jamar Chase is a big part of that. T. Higgins is also a really big part of that. Like you mentioned, <laughs> he, he's a vertical receiver despite yep. like he's not the fastest guy. He's not the most explosive no. guy, but he's a long strider who gets open down the field. And yeah, I, I know we talk about the X receiver access a ton when it comes to draft season. I'm sure we talk about a lot in season as well. But like I, I think the peak of the X receiver axis is like T Higgins. Like he's the, it's like, you're hoping to be T Higgins. And then you start going down like Michael Gallup on that axis. Then it's like Cortland Sutton on that axis. Then it's like, then you're in the Devonte Parker zone. Uh, you can't go through an RP episode without mentioning Devonte Parker. Um, and then, you know, you go down like, where, where <laughs> that's why it's like, point. when we talk about, that's when we talk about George Pickens, like it, where's he going to fall on the X receiver axis? Is it going to be in the Devonte Parker zone? Or is it going to be higher up here on the T Higgins zone? And I think yeah, 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 yeah. that's what's special about T Higgins is this is a guy in the last two seasons, by the way, like we talk about him as an X receiver because this team also employs Jamar chase who could, run out every freaking snap and be in a high end X receiver. 
Like yep. these guys, uh, they don't like Jamar can line up at X or he can line up at flanker and T Higgins too. Like he took 80% yep. of his sample snaps outside, but was actually off the line more because mm. he, like he could be a classic X receiver, but he doesn't have to be an X receiver on every percent, every snap. And you know, I was pretty close to 50, 50 in terms of his off and on the line rate. So it's really cool. Um, you know, for T Higgins too, like a guy that has cleared 71%, 71% success rate versus press in all three seasons. He's been over 70% success rate versus man in back-to-back years. I mean, the guy is really like, he's a separator too. Like, let's not get it twisted. We know he's right. I, I think, I think he's probably one of the best pure ball winner contested catch receivers in the NFL, but oh, this is a guy who can get so open strong. too. Yeah. At, yep. Yeah. But this is a guy who can get open too. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, and you talk about, you know, pretty effective uh, success rates versus man and zone coverage 37, but this is what struck to me. We talked about this with Jamar chase too, but it's like, can we get some variety of routes, please? I mean, like, I get it. This dude, you know, they're running 989, fine, okay? Like, you want this guy over the top, fine, I get it. But 37% of his routes were either on the corner, nine, or post. 23% was on the slant. So now we're talking, that's 60% of all of his routes are either going long or running a slant route. It's like... I don't know, man. Like I just, I'd like to see a little bit more diversity um, out of what T Higgins and, and, and Jamar Chase can do. Now, that being said, in particular, the nine route, Matt, 19% of his routes were on the nine. That's too high. That is, that's entirely too high. I think in the modern NFL, you'd like that number to be like, I don't know, even 12% is on the higher side. To get to 19%, that's just, that's outrageously, you know, out there, you know? So that's what I would like to see. A little bit of diversity in his route running. Yeah, George Pickens is begging for 19% of his route to be, <laughs> to be route somewhere, by the way. Right, correct, correct. The Steelers, receive, the Steelers receivers <laughs> are begging for 19%. Uh, but, but, you know, regardless of that, right. I, I agree. Now, now, I do think T. Higgins, obviously, he does a little bit more, like, r- relative to NFL average, out routes, dig routes, curl routes, more so mm-hmm. than his teammate. You know, Jamar Chase is – it, he runs a lot more go routes than T Higgins, but, and, and I think, he, you know, T Higgins, especially on those in breaking routes and really the out route too. I think you could, you could you know, put him in there too, but especially on digs and slants, a 1.3% success rate, 80, 80.6% on digs. Um, he's got a great rocker step there, you know, where he, he can kind of shake a defender loose and, and get breaking towards the inside. Just an awesome talent, you know, really. Um, yeah. Another note too, for, for T Higgins, I, uh, um, included three games in his sample without Jamar chase. Um, you know, because on his double coverage rate, it looks pretty low 4.7%. And we talked about Jamar chase is up at like 19% last episode. Yeah. Crazy. Um, that's on the lower side, 4.7%. But I would just note that again, three, three games in this sample were without Jamar chase Brown Steelers, Titans, at least two of those teams, doubled T Higgins quite often, you know, like, Mm. because Jamar Chase is not here. Well, okay. We're just going to, we're going to just treat T Higgins like the alpha, because I think that he, he, he could be that guy. So actually I'm curious to ask you real life receiver rankings. Where do you think like T Higgins stacks up in terms of real life receiver rankings? Uh, Is he a top top 10 guy? Is he a top 15 guy? Is he a top 20 guy? He's, I mean, let, let me put it to you this way. I don't have, I wouldn't put him in the top 10. I for sure, hundred percent, definitely top 20. So that probably tells me he's probably in that somewhere in that like 15 to 18 range. 
is probably where I would have them without, you know, without going through the list. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, like I agree with you and it, you know, it's always tough to get guys like, where are they at on the aging curve? But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you that I think he is somewhere in that, in that like 13 to 17 range, you know, um, mm-hmm. guys that are number two, like I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, like might be slightly better than T Higgins. Uh, I think like Brandon, Ayuk might be slightly better than T Higgins, but you know, I think I'd rather have T Higgins than like Amon Ross St. Brown. And I love Amon Ross St. Brown, but um, you know, I just think from a outside receiver standpoint, threading the defense vertically, he's probably a little bit better there. You know, I'd rather have T Higgins than Debo Samuel. Um, I think Devonte Smith versus T Higgins is kind of an interesting question. So yeah, I, I think definitely top 20, not top 10, somewhere in that like uh, four, 13 to uh, 17 range. <laughs> Who are you, Matt Harmon, talking about you would rather have T. Higgins than Amon Ross St. Brown? It's like we've switched bodies or something, pal. What's going on here? I know. Well, listen, listen, listen. (laughs) I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love the big slot receiver archetype, but it's just finding someone that can win on the vert, like vertically as an X receiver. It's hard to find. Hard to find, harder to find, I think, than the big slot receiver archetype. As much as I love, and I have, I have, nobody has lobbied to Congress harder than, <laughs> than me for the big slot receivers. That's of what late. I'm saying. That's the what same. I'm saying. Oh, uh, that's, that's craziness. Uh, all right, there you go. Uh, you know, Nico Collins, and again, another throwback X receiver. Uh, you know, we're talking about dude with 6'4", 215 pounds. Man, again, not 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 great speed, but that's okay. Um, I also think he's pretty strong at the catch point. I mean, he's not a, a he's not a special talent at the catch point, but certainly fights. Uh, you know what I mean? And and I think when you take a look at his success rates, sixty point six percent success rate on the nine route, seventy two point seven percent. On the corner, I, I this is a guy that wins downfield, Matt. Yo, I don't, I don't do, um, you know, the 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 TikTok style uh, bullshit clickbaity Twitter thread uh, headline type of stuff, James. Uh-huh. But if I did, if I did, I would probably be, I would probably start this video off with like, the, who's the breakout receiver that nobody's talking about right now? <laughs> it's Nico Collins. Like that, that's how I would start this. Cause um, that's a pretty good post. You, actually. I could, I'd click on that. Yes. Right. Oh, I we should probably just, I'll have Tim clip the video like this as like, good. an ironic. Thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but, ser- oh, but seriously, God. I uh, and look, yeah. I know people are talking about Nico Collins. That's the funny part of it. But um, I do think he's like a really uh, good under the radar breakout candidate this year because I think he has shown, you know, we're, it's probably not a coincidence we're talking about T. Higgins and then Nico Collins because I think Nico Collins fits somewhere on that X receiver axis that we were talking about. You know, this is a guy who it's 71% success rate versus man last year, 74.5% success rate versus press. Like, that's what we're looking for from starting X receivers. And yep. Nico Collins was absolutely a starting X receiver, six foot four, 215 pounds. James, keep it, keep it together over there. You know, it took 89.6% of his sampled snaps outside. It was on the line for 81%. So yeah, I mean, this is a classic X receiver, a little bit of a throwback. And I I think we've seen um, some separation ability with Nico Collins. And last year really took his, I think contested catch game to another level. I, I really like Nico Collins. I know like the people think about CJ Stroud and like, Oh, he went to Houston. They have nobody there. You know, I get Nico Collins is not an established player. Not everybody knows him, but I think he has shown some signs that he could be that guy. And like, I think he was starting to break out a little bit last year, you know, on the damn Davis mills, dude, this guy played like a couple games with Kyle Allen, 
last year. I know. Woof. Those were those were <laughs> rough watches for your boy, okay? <laughs> Kyle Allen, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but those were tough games uh for for Nico Collins. But he was putting volume together, like getting targets. Right. And I, I think and then he got a groin injury. I think it would have kind of happened for him last year, but I think with CJ Stroud, like that's a real nice fit with Nico Collins. I totally agree because you know, the one thing we know about CJ Stroud is that this guy can absolutely launch it. Um, and, and he'll take a, he'll take a couple cracks downfield and, you know, you take a look at the rest of the, the, the rest of their roster, Matt, they don't have anybody who fits that role. You know, they, they drafted Tank all. Dell, who's going to be an underneath player. Um, you know, they took a flyer on Robert Woods, who knows what he's going to be, um, at his age and given his injury history as well, but certainly not, a, a, an ex receiver. I mean, he's a flanker at best. Uh, hopefully he's a guy that can mix inside outside Robert Woods, but Nico Collins, he's got that role all to himself. There's nobody yeah. else on this roster um, that really can do what he does. So when we're just talking about, you know, real life and or fantasy guys, bottom line is dude's going to be on the field. I don't care whether mm-hmm. we're talking two tight end sets, whether we're talking two wide receiver, it doesn't matter. Nico Collins is going to be out there. Um, and I would be surprised if he doesn't play 90% of the snaps or more uh, in 2023 because, again, from a role perspective, Matt, there's nobody else really that can do what he does. Like, we don't even know what the health considerations are for John Mechie at this point. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, unfortunately, yeah. And, and by the way, Houston is going to take a big step forward offensively. They were a mess last year. They had a lot of injuries and they didn't have any wide receivers. They had no quarterbacks and they were a mess. Okay. But this year, I like the signing of Devin Singletary a lot. I like mm-hmm. the signing of Dalton Schultz for this particular team a lot, even though I don't think Dalton Schultz is any kind of like special player, but as a pass catching specialist at, at the tight end position, I think he makes a lot of sense, man. So Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary as your running backs. You've got Robert Woods, Nico Collins. Who knows about John Mechie, but he's in the mix. you got Tank Dell in the mix as well. Oh, by the way, they go and pick up Noah Brown too. Um, and again, Noah Brown's not some kind of special player, but again, I, I think as like a wide receiver three professional guy in the locker room, he's your guy. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a team um, that certainly took a step forward offensively. Dude, by the way, Shaq Mason at right guard. I mean, you know, you pair him up with Laramie Tunsil. uh, We're working with some things here. They've got some things working on that Texans offense, but it all starts with C.J. Stroud, and we know that. But to me, C.J. Stroud was the the best prospect, pro-ready prospect to come in uh, and play for Houston. So, man, look. Houston's offense, I'm telling you guys, they're going to surprise some folks out there. Yeah, Bobby Slowick coming over from San Francisco, bringing probably like a Shanahan-style offense. And, you know, mm. we talked about this with Ayuk on the last episode that we get caught up in like the gadgety, the yak guys in this offense. But this offense still functions at its best. You know, even when Sh- Shanahan was, ironically, in Houston with Andre Johnson, um, it, with Julio Jones in Atlanta, with uh, Brandon Ayuk in San Francisco, this offense still functions mm-hmm. at its best when it has a true X receiver who can win outside against press man coverage, who can win contested catches, and who can threaten the defense vertically. I mean, you look at Nico Collins's RP profile, 
71% success rate versus man. Like I said, that, that improved nine route success rate, the corner route success rate, the 83.3% contested catch rate, like that, that kind of, that kind of checks a lot of boxes that we're looking for in terms of that X receiver. And, um, you know, I, I, again, we just talked about T Higgins. I said early on in Nico Collins, when, when I did, uh, his 2021 in season, uh, rookie reception perception report sample, um, that he kind of had some poor man's T Higgins to his game. I actually think like a guy we've mentioned earlier on the show too, Michael Gallup might be a good player comparison for him. Um, now I think what's interesting about, you know, cause they're, their success rates uh, are very similar. Uh, Gallup in 2020, um, we're talking about a guy who was at 72% success rate versus man and 75.5% success rate versus press. Poor poor against zone. Collins, not a good zone success rate player either. That's pretty typical of this like X receiver archetype, more towards right. the middle of it rather than the high end. Um, but an interesting thing about, um, you know, the, the, the Nico Collins profile is like, his slant curl and dig route success rate were pretty good. And they had him yeah. run a lot of slants, curls and digs, almost very Michael <laughs> Pittman ish from last year was Nico Collins. So I don't know, man, I, I'm not trying to get so excited about Nico Collins, but dude, yeah, the guy can be had in like the late round of any fantasy draft. The guy can yeah, be, uh, you know, late. acquired kind of on the cheap, I think in dynasty, you know, just yeah. like, again, the national media is saying like, there are no receivers in Houston. I kind of think they got a pretty decent prospects here, prospect here, Nico Collins. Bottom line is, man, look, we, we, look, given the coaching staff, um, Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary, they're going to get a lot of work. Okay, that's fine. Um, but if if they're truly going to run that Shanahan, you know, offense where they go for bombs over the top, you know what I mean? The play action is going to be a big part of it. Um, so certainly they've got the running back room to make that happen. And they've got a quarterback, Matt, that can certainly make that happen too. <clears throat> he just it. needs yeah, to figure out his it. footwork. Yeah, he needs to figure out his footwork uh, underneath center, but I- I'm sure he'll figure that. I mean, come on. I- I'm sure he'll figure that part yeah. of it out. Uh, and if they could do that and bomb it over the top, man, like Nico Gons is certainly going to make some splash plays, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so that's your show for today. Um, we still got so much content uh, on the site ready to be released, uh, and I encourage everyone to go to receptionperception.com to go figure that out. If this is the first time you listen to us, man, we would certainly appreciate um, if you would subscribe to the podcast, you know, maybe leave a comment, rate the podcast as well, but that would be great. Uh, Matt, again, just give the folks out there a little bit of a timeline, uh, in terms of what to expect in the coming weeks. Yeah. So I think the last guy I'm going to do from this sort of year three to four receiver drop is Gabe Davis. And then, um, oh boy, that should be fun. Remember Gabe Davis last year? That should be fun. Yeah. So then I think the rest of the dudes that are going to come out before July, like, you know, the 4th of July weekend, um, is going to be these, you know, the, the Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, you know, the, then the top of the league, you know, Devontae Adams, those, those type of guys. So pretty much more established players that are further on into their career. And then really after that, I'm, I want to hit a ton of like, um, you know, some, some other names as well, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. A lot of work, a lot of work left to be done, but uh, you know, it'll get done. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and again, I love, I love the dude on Twitter who reached out. I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to listen to you, James. We're going to, I'm going to go to the, the, to the player data. I'm going to, I'm going to go check out the sortable data. I'm telling you there's, there's gems man to be found in the sortable data for sure. Uh, And I can't wait for all that, all those numbers to get updated by the way, by the way, uh, I think we're like, I think we're like two weeks away now. Uh, I can officially say I think we're like two weeks away, I think, from quarterback data uh, hitting the site. Uh, So we're very close uh, on getting that stuff out there for you. And, man, you guys are going to really, really enjoy the work uh, from Derek Class. And I certainly enjoy talking to him on the podcast at length uh, to kind of pick his brain on some of the prospects 
entering into the NFL, but he's going to have your top guys. You know, the, the, the Patrick Mahomes is the Josh Allen's the Lamar Jackson's of the world. Uh, we're going to have that data set out there for you. Uh, in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, he's been grinding, man. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, I've seen some of his data. Good God. Very extensive. I can't wait to add some of that data to the player data tables too. So um, anyways, if you are a a subscriber to to Reception Perception, we, we appreciate you. If you're not, we appreciate you anyways for listening to the show and to the podcast. All right. So there you go. That's the show. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, but for now we got to go, man. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Cohn. We'll see you.